So hopefully I'm smart enough to pull this out. Scuba Obsessed, the weekly podcast, we talk about all things scuba diving, from cool new gear, to places to dive, and scuba the news. Scuba Obsessed, episode 353, is recorded December 28th, 2017. Welcome back to Scoop Obsessed. I'm Darren Jilson coming to you from the southwest side of the great state of Michigan where we are digesting from a little bit of holiday overindulgence. Joining me this week, we have Mac, the dive mentor. How are you doing today, Mac? I'm doing pretty good. I'm on the treadmill as we speak, trying to lose some <laughs> of that extra weight from the turkey and ham. Yeah. And then we also have Dave Toneman. How are you doing today, Dave? I am doing great, Darren. And yourself? I am doing wonderful. I have uh, been off of work for officially over a week now, and I figure a week is the minimum I need to even realize I'm not working. And of course, it's I say be hard to go back. Yeah, it sure will. <laughs> and I and I say not working. I've got plenty of honeydew items I've been chunking at, and uh, but I did stop and read a book. I read that new Dan Brown book, which is actually not too bad. Hmm. Always did like Dan Brown and Webb Griffin. Mm-hmm. Well, this one, some of his stuff, I complain that, uh, you know, the research might be a little bit lacking in some things, and then there's some giant leaps, which I guess you need with fiction. But this one, there was only one spot in the book, uh, and one of the the characters in the book, his first computer was the exact same first computer that I had, which was the TSR-80 Model 1 Level 1. And I'm not spoiling, so don't worry about it, but at one of the points in in the book, he he goes to type in a password on this computer, and somebody points out that the caps lock is on. Well, the TSR-80 Model 1 Level 1 did not have, I mean, it was all caps. There was no upper lower case. So one flaw in the book. So when you get to that point, you can say, hey, somebody didn't do the research. But other than that, it was good. <laughs> a little, a little way too deep geek information there. I'd like to thank everybody who's in the chat room. We're on, I believe this is either week three or four, using Discord. And uh, the more I use it, the more I like it. So it's doing quite well. Our $3 and above Patreons get early access to the show notes, and they added a new feature. So uh, any show notes that we're adding that, uh, say you're at a different level or you just want to check it out, after three days from when they're posted, they become free and readily available. So let's go ahead and jump right on into uh, Scuba in the News. First article, Small Town Police Warn of War Zone Road Conditions. Uh, the department in Baton Rouge is drawing attention to when they termed War Zone Conditions Local Road through a series of posts on Facebook. Stretch of road in question, Florida Boulevard, Boulevard in Walker, Louisiana. So many potholes and such disrepair, the Walker Police Department felt the need to warn drivers. A post from December 20th warned drivers to drive slowly, carefully, especially since there are no uh, lane markers in the road. If you see a vehicle in front of you, you, drive off in the pothole and disappear, they said, please call them. 
Later in the day, the department upped the ante with a post about the stretch of road. This time they pulled out all the stops. Department clarified that swimming, snorkeling, scuba diving, and recreational boating are prohibited in the potholes, but the use of jet skis, uh, flat boats, and canoes for transportation purposes is permitted. Residents are advised against fishing or setting up duck blinds inside the potholes. Tractors, bulldozers, tanks, and other all-terrain vehicles are also prohibited. And the unlikely event that temperatures drop, which causes the potholes to freeze over, consideration will be given to permitting limited ice skating for recreational and transportation use. Uh, questions are encouraged. Uh, what I was thinking is that maybe we get them to amend that and say that you could scuba dive, but you have to have a dive flag. I want to know, is, is this department really in Michigan? No, no. no. this is Louisiana. Louisiana, it? Walker, Louisiana. <laughs> and, 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 it sounds like Michigan roads. Yeah, could be. <laughs> yeah, Michigan, we've, we're, we're notorious for that. Uh, yeah, when you go out and visit California, or we've had uh, some California people visit up here, and they're shocked by some of the pothole conditions. It's like, well, you don't get any frost. If you're not going to that freeze and thaw cycle, your roads last a heck of a lot longer. No, uh, you go to Florida when I was down there. That's what amazed me is like, wait a minute, that's a smooth road. Is this new? Oh, uh, it's only 20 years old. <laughs> of course, they do tend to have sinkholes that we would call lakes. But not that many of them. Their roads are very nice. Yes. And then uh, this article out of Cairo, Egypt saw a 55% rise in international tourism since the beginning of 2007 until November after decline in tourism in 2016. Uh, this is according to a market analysis conducted by GFK. Around 1,222 tourists arrived in uh, Duhab on uh, Wednesday, according to sources from the tourism police, expected that the serene town will lit- witness larger waves of visitors in 2018. Uh, the underwater world and participating in life in the Egyptian international community is what's contributing to that. Red Sea Town is famous for its moderate climate, relaxing atmosphere, its friendly and hospitable people. Tourists from Russia, Germany, Ukraine, Italy, United Kingdom are offered a wide range of water sports such as snorkeling, scuba diving, and free diving, wind and kite surfing. One of the most famous diving spots in Duhab is the Blue Hole, well known among the diving community. Let's see, I'm just skimming down. Uh, but uh, Claire, who who used to be on the show, that's where she was from, and uh, tourism had really tanked there for a number of years. Uh, here's a tourism tip for Egypt: don't kill the tourists. That you know that kind of is is a downer. People don't like to go on a dive vacation and get shot, or think they could get shot. So, you know, you get that cleaned up, and I think your tourism would go up quite a bit. It's on my list. Someday I would like to go to Egypt to visit the. Uh, the pyramids and do some diving, but you, know, you got to make it safe. Well, I wonder what the airfare is from Europe. I don't know. I'm, I'm sure we could figure it out. I'm not sure I want to dive that blue hole, though. You don't remember, have, we, we talked about that one time when they had some fatalities there. Do you remember? You don't have to go to the bottom. Well, the blue hole is a submarine sinkhole with a maximum depth within the hole of 328 feet. There's a shallow opening to the sea around 20 feet deep known as the Saddle and a 85-foot long tunnel known as the Arch where the top is at a depth of 181 feet and whose bottom falls away as it reaches the seaward side to 394. It's quite interesting. They also talk on, uh, well, let's see, the seaward side depth drops steeply to over 
3,500 feet deep, a little further than I think I want to go. Yeah, I, I don't know if my regulator will work down that far. Uh, I'm not so much concerned with the regulator. I don't know if I can work that far down. <laughs> well, here here's the airfare from from Chicago, which would be in our neck of the woods to world woods world woods. Our neck of the woods to uh, from Chicago to Cairo would be five hundred and eighty three dollars. Let me see. I think that might just only be one way. The trick on that is how much is would bags cost you? Oh, now it's running slow. You'd have to rent your gear. I don't think you'd want to haul it. <laughs> you know, talking about that, I thought SAS was doing a special dive tour this year to uh, to celebrate their four years in business. And I think it was uh, an arrangement of one month they're going to be gone. And they're going to hit a week in each of the four major attractions that you'd ever want to dive as a diver. One of those, of course, is Truck Lagoon. Wow. Can you imagine going on that uh, for a month? No. I, I would Everything you want to do ever, you would be able to do. Yeah. So here, and, and we are not paid by any of these tourism places to talk about airfares, but from Chicago to Cairo on Turkish Airlines is $585, and that is including taxes. So it's 481 plus 103 in taxes, so $585, and that is round trip. So that's, uh, I mean, I might be tempted on something like that. That's cheaper than the flight from Columbus to Detroit. <laughs> Why you never want to do that, I don't know. <laughs> Columbus to Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Lufthansa is going to be uh, $639. Uh, Australian Air is $649. Air France would be six fifty six. So that's, uh, I mean, that's pretty, that's pretty competitive when you when you think about it. Because I've paid more th- than that just to go to uh, California or someplace. But uh, I just compare it from Moscow. It's twelve eleven. I just twelve hundred eleven dollars. The old days. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yep. What's that about the old days, Mac? I yearn for the old days. I took my family to France. Four of us. Round trip, less than a thousand dollars. Oh wow! <laughs> oh. Yeah. I, last time I took a tour of the Middle East, I got paid. Yeah, but they, they had a habit of maybe wanting to do something to you, and you had to wear those funny outfits. It's a good point. Yeah, I don't. I'm I'm kind of surprised that's not too bad. You know, all those single guys out there. I mean, as a family person, I can understand why I'm not going, but. Uh, if you're single and you've got vacation time, at that price, go. I mean, I can get the Florida and back for 150 bucks. I haven't done that deal diving, but 150 is not bad. No. The most expensive thing down there is renting a freaking car to get around. It could be, yeah. Now that, maybe that's what we need to start doing is uh, looking at some weekend getaways. Yeah, that may be a, like a weekend dive trip. You figure out where we would get in a plane on a Friday night. You, know, you arrive early in the morning. Oh crap. But then you got crap. You got to worry about all the diving, the uh, airtime. So you got to do your, your dives early Saturday and then leave late Sunday. So you've got uh, that time. I have to, we have to figure that one out. Well, just, you know, don't do anything that had a deco in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
and fly low. Fly low. Tell, tell them, hey, I'd appreciate if you'd stay lower than 10,000 feet. <laughs> hey, well, spend your last day in a shallow river looking for sharks. You absolutely. <laughs> well, how about $100,000? You know, if, uh, if, if you're not scared by doing the round trip there, if you had $100,000, you can go do a diving tour of the Titanic site. London-based travel company Blue Marvel. I said Marvel. Marble. Uh, we'll be taking people down to the wreck in May 2018. Nine people at a time will leave from the coast of Newfoundland and take a 10-day trip, which includes deep dives to the Titanic. The cost of the voyage matches the name of the ship. The cost weighs in at a hefty $105,000, 129 company told CNN. Blue Marble Private says that the cost is the equivalent of a first-class passenger on the ship's inaugural voyage after inflation adjustment. The trip includes three potential days of diving, with each dive lasting three hours. During the three-hour tour, clients will be exploring the deck below, ridge, and caverns, and the grand staircase once stood. The, the three-hour tour, I think it's a little bad for marketing, wouldn't you say? That's only if you have a there. captain and you're <laughs> with certain people there. <laughs> yeah. There's a professor and two ladies and some other ones, you know. Mary Ann, yeah, you, you, may, you may want to skip that. And If you're not old enough to know what we're talking about, you might want to Google it. Uh, <laughs> a few people visit the wreck of the Titanic. Then uh, fewer people have visited the wreck of the Titanic than number to have been to space or or summited Mount Everest. Now, the Mount Everest, I, I could believe, but been to space, yeah, I guess when you figure in the International Space Station, yeah, maybe. Because they've been running... Well, yeah, but how many how many astronauts did we have in the space shuttle program? Probably 40-some? Yeah. yeah, I guess so. It just, it, it seems like they're, they're kind of pushing that because they've been running tours to the Titanic for years. There's a, been a Russian company that's been, been doing it for yeah, a while. Right. So... There's so this is what the blue marble? Yes. Did you say? Yeah, blue marble. I know the blue fish is another one they have. I don't know if there's a why the, the name sounded familiar. Yeah. Well then there's another oh. one which I, I also added in the show notes. This one was Ocean Gate. They're in the midst of a five point one million dollar investment around uh getting the company closer to Titanic undersea adventure. Uh, money will give Ocean Gate a little more runways. It finishes work on its Cyclops 2 deep submersible. Ocean Gate's team has nearly completed a construction of Cyclops 2 at the company's Everett uh, Marina workshop. Perry says the presser vessel underwent testing this week to make sure there were no leaks. It's a perfect seal. The final phase of construction and testing are due to continue into the new year. This, the schedule calls for shallow water test dives to begin in the Puget Sound next month with deep water tests following in the Bahamas next spring. If it all goes to plan, Cyclops 2 will carry five-person crews to the Titanic, shipwreck 13,000 feet down at the bottom of the Atlantic Ocean during a seven-week expedition starting in June. Crews will include marine scientists as well as mission specialists who are paying more than $100,000 to be on the trip. So looks like there's a little bit of competition going on there. Did they get a discount for the first dive to the Titanic? <laughs> well, no, they're not going to discount it, but you may get half your money back if it's unsuccessful. And to answer your earlier question, Darren, 536 people have been to space. Okay. Yeah, so I, I'm I'm betting that is more than who have been on a Titanic. I would say Titanic's probably in the less than 100. So. I don't know. It's not just a three-hour trip either. You're talking about 10-day trip. 
Yes, it's it's a well, it's a three hour tour. Was for the uh, the dive. Uh, he, he, had, he had a chance for three dives, and each of the dives was scheduled to be about three hours. I think it'd be worth it if you had that as uh, yeah. discretionary income. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you've got a billion dollars, then that's a that's a hundred thousand. You certainly drop that out there. Heck, if he, maybe if even if I had forty million dollars, I might be able to do that. <laughs> Start saving pennies. Yeah. Well, they they said they said this they said this pod <laughs> podcast thing you know pays real well. So you know maybe. <laughs> uh, winter lionfish derby uh, to be held in January. The Force Winter Force guy. I can't even pronounce The fourth Winter Lionfish Derby sponsored by. Conyers Imports set to be held January 1 through January 31st with a wrap-up party and award ceremony taking place at the Bermuda Underwater Exploration Institute on Saturday, February 3rd from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. The Derby will feature cash prizes in both free diver and scuba diver categories, including $500 for the most lionfish caught by any team. $250 for the second most lionfish caught by any team, and $100 for the third most lionfish caught by any team. There will also be cash prizes for the largest and smallest lionfish caught overall by individual, each set at $100. Furthermore, each participant who spears and provides lionfish the derby will be entered into a contest to receive an official derby hooded sweatshirt. The event website says this year teams of 2 to 400s will be allowed and, in fact, required we don't want to promote solo diving and hunting at any time, especially in the cold, to level the playing field and maximize participation among permit holders. I'm sorry to say there will be not be a prize categories for the technical divers. Blind fish. Why? Uh, the water's cold. Technical divers aren't real people. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Uh, lionfish will be collected through the month of January. Stay tuned for details. You must include a slip of paper with your name, permit number, data capture, site of capture, and depth of capture for each fish. Please keep fish from different dives separate. We'll accept the whole lionfish or racks, whatever is left after you take apart the fillet. Any fish you enter as a potential largest or smallest lionfish must be submitted whole, with or without spines attached. If providing racks, the research team asks that you measure each whole fish before you take the fillet and provide us with that information. This is optional, but greatly appreciated. Please freeze all lionfish as soon as possible and keep them frozen <laughs> until you deliver them. Now, I was thinking that, you know, maybe a little Ziploc bag you kept in the backseat of your car for about a week. Uh, well, then then the send it in. <laughs> the whole month of January. <laughs> hey, is that a helium balloon? No, that's my lionfish catch. <laughs> I do I do enjoy the fact that they're concerned about the cold water. I looked it up. The average water temperature off Bermuda in January is 65.3. 65. God, they might have to put on a, they might have to put on a wetsuit. <laughs> What's the world coming to? Well, now 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 don't tell me that they're worried about low vis conditions, you know, something less than 100 feet. Well, yeah, being in the Gulf Stream, yeah. I'd be wearing a wetsuit at that temperature. A little three mil shorty might not be too bad. I'd probably still be in a dry suit. <laughs> well, yeah, for real now. Interesting that they have prizes for largest and smallest. Well, I'm no, just looking at the picture they had, too. That looks like it was taken at nighttime or with a light. 
Maybe it was a technical diver. <laughs> yeah, it, it does look like it's uh, with a light. Uh, yeah, I, I guess it could be nighttime. Are they? How come they won't be bright? I mean, why? Why do you think for the technical divers? What's what's the deal there? Uh, well, I think maybe part of well, it seems like they're really going against solo diving, so they want the two to four hundred teams. And it's but, not well, that I you can't. This- but they're just saying there's no prize category for technical divers. Who's to say you can't enter in the regular? I'm guessing that they have a problem with lionfish numbers in their shallower waters, and they're just trying to encourage everybody to clear them out. Hmm. And it may be that they just didn't have that many people entering as technical divers, and you'd be covered in another category. So I'm guessing the fact they're making, they're bringing it up that they did have it as a class before, and it's just not now. I'd like to see the results of this. It would be quite interesting to see how many did enter and what the fish count was. I am looking now, Mac. When was this? Um, has this already? No, it's coming well, up. They've, they've got a website, but I'm guessing they've done it before because it's the website leads you to the Bermuda Lionfish Task Force. And 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 what we just read looks like they copied it almost word for word from the site. So that front page is pretty much the same. I think they've got a map problem because there were two Bermuda lionfish in Saskatchewan. Excuse me? Yeah, they showed two Bermuda lionfish in Saskatchewan. So there's something wrong with their map. Well, either that or it's somebody with their aquarium fish. It could be. I've Are got there different different breeds of lionfish. Well, I, I can remember uh, back in my aquarium days. Uh, lionfish is quite popular up here in Michigan for people to keep. And they could be quite pricey. I mean, they were paying, you, know, you could be a couple hundred dollars buying a lionfish. I was looking at Bermuda News. Ground swell lionfish tournament on July 22nd. So they're, they're having a lot of these, it seems like. Well, hopefully they get some and maybe they can send some fillets our way. Yeah, I'm still working on that. Uh, and then Florida is working on an underwater art museum in the U.S. It's to display in 2018. The new underwater museum of art, UMA, will debut just off the coast of Grayton Beach. The South Walton area beach on Florida's Gulf Coast is among the areas most popular. For the first installation, the Cultural Arts Alliance of Walton County will place Seven sculptures on the seafloor. Initial rounds will be lowered to the bottom using purpose-built boxes to precisely position them. Additional installations will be bolted in a modular fashion, allowing the entire museum to grow over time at a depth of 50 to 60 feet. It's designed to be explored by divers and ambitious free divers. Although surface-going visitors like kayakers and paddle boards will no doubt enjoy the bottom marine life the UMA will provide. Museum purpose is first and foremost to showcase one of the kind sculptures in a unique way. However, the real motive behind the installation of foster marine life in the Gulf Coast, vast majority of the sea floor in the Gulf of Mexico is barren and flat environment, similar to an underwater desert. The lack of corals, rocks, and the like is ideal for swimmers, but among the worst habitats for marine life to survive. Artificial reefs are a proven way to attract fish, provide anchors for marine plants and invertebrates. Numerous conservation societies establish similar underwater art installations around the world. Most notable are the ones in the Spain's Canary Islands and uh, Mexico Island Majors in 
Punta Nuez near Cancun. Later features more than 500 permanent sculptures and exhibits, making it one of the most significant underwater attractions of its kind in the world. In Florida, it's scheduled to open in the mid-2018 uh, with seven jury-selected sculptures for the first installation. The piece de resistance is uh, slated to be an artistic homage to Jacques Cousteau pioneering aqualung device that revolutionized modern scuba diving. Huh. So they're going to make like a big... So they're going to drop a double-hooded rig? <laughs> That's what I'm wondering. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you take uh, two uh, sewer culverts and you throw it down with a little bit of a PVC pipe between it. Hey, you're done. I'll be curious to see if it actually attracts anybody to visit just to see that. I, you know, if you're a tour operator, that's just something extra to go and do. Uh, I, I mean, we would have to research to see what else is in that area, but many places on the Gulf Coast do have scuba diving locations. Wasn't it that where uh, Cheese Fry was? Where that again? Uh, our our buddy down there in Florida, Cheese Fry, wasn't he on the Gulf side? I do believe he was, yes. Yeah, and there were some tanks and things that he was diving down there. Yes, he was having a good time and diving quite a bit, I might add. Mm-hmm. Something about warm water again. I know, I know. said he and his wife went down there, and uh, they've somehow never come back. You know, 30-some years up in Michigan. No, 30-some years in Michigan. And then, uh, you know, one uh, one kid goes to Florida, and they skate the state. Go figure. Yeah. Oh, well. Man overboard. Well, your answer, Mac, about the Bermuda Lionfish Derby? Yeah. In 2017, the uh, which was the third year of running the winter tournament, uh, 72 lionfish were landed, 94 participants on eight teams, all using spears. Does that sound like a low count? Well, they say it's the higher a higher number than usual being caught throughout the winter. You know, cold water and all. Not a lot of people getting in that 65 degree water. That's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I can understand that. Um, I was just curious. I mean, if they're that prolific or, you know, over everywhere, it seemed like they'd have a higher count than that. Yeah, I does. it seems like it's it's pretty low. Yeah, one would think. One would think you'd have more than 72 out of 94 participants over the period of a month. Yeah. Well, it probably does come down to the cold water and... Nobody really wanted to get in the cold water that much. I mean, 65-degree water, you, you're you going to get, what, 10-minute bottom time max? <laughs> yeah. And how deep? I'm it sure doesn't some of those, say anything about where they were catching them. I'm sure some of those guys have got some nice dry suits. Yeah. But I guess for them, it probably does feel cold. They're used to a little bit warmer water. Well, I think this does it for scuba in the news. Let's talk about some recent diving. Has anybody gotten in the water in the last week? I have not. And we do have a lot of hard water. Uh, I was out scouting today, and even our uh, backup for New Year's, had we needed it, we don't, uh, over in the Whirlpool Basin, mm -hmm. is iced over. Ooh. And even though it's, um, it looks like it's really flat on the river, it's... Uh, very shallow ice flows, and you do have some heavy ones. 
once you get past the, the first bridge. But the channel and most of the river up there is pretty much socked in and ice. Wow. Well, the, I mean, we're building ice like crazy now. We've had, for those who aren't in the Midwest and paying attention, uh, in Fahrenheit, we've been running about 10 degrees the last couple of days. Uh, yeah, nighttime has been lower, obviously. Uh-huh. Yeah, so Celsius-wise, what's that come out to? That's got to be negative what, three or four? Yeah. Yeah, so it's 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 pretty chilly for us. So wind chill factor has been like negative 15 to 20. Well, if they had four inches of ice last week and it has not gotten any warmer. Well, I've be been extra. packing my ice diving gear. Yep, you're going to be there um, over at Jim's. And uh, I, he and I went over to the hangar day and got out the platforms. Awesome. And I told him that when he went out to cut on, on Sunday and you'll be with him, give me a buzz so we can get that set up. Because personally, I think we ought to make it a little longer. With the with the stage, we'll have it. We can make it a longer, so we have more divers. They each got part of the uh, the wall they can hang on to or switch under. It does sound like a large group. Yeah, because I was I was wondering if we wanted to make a, a safety line. Since we're not going to have that many tenders, we're going to be hanging off of one line that has positive control. You can pull yourself back. I Meaning nobody's going to get in there without a tag line. Yeah. I'm gonna be. I've got uh, new. I've got new tethers that are supposed to be here tomorrow morning. Mm-hmm. That I'll be bringing out also. So there'll be there'll be a lot of lines. Just that more lines, the more confused, and the more chance of getting tangled. Right. I uh, we took the normal reel. We got that out of the hangar also, and I'll bring my split Y and my singles. But uh, I'm sure we can get together on Sunday and figure it out once we figure out how many divers and how many people have been out there in the ice at night, you know, what's their comfort level and experience level. Yeah. Karen said she's going to be there as a tender. Yeah. Uh, we will have one, one snorkeler, but he's been with us for the last three or four years mm-hmm. and he just turned 16 today. So mm-hmm. he's looking forward to it. Yeah. Is he on awesome. the, the track to eventually do a scuba diving course? I'm quite sure he is. That's Mary Beth's. Yeah, yeah, he's been, he's uh, been with this. Yeah, we've he's been, we've been watching him from the club side of things for quite a while. Uh, I think I think he's been with us for four of them now. Yeah, nice. Well, hopefully, we see him this summer. Well, he's been grubbing pretty good snorkeling. Oh yeah, he's found some nice hutchies. Yeah, he's he's got me beat. It just well, shows you good. you got to get out there and look. If you're not looking, you're not finding. Yeah, I went out last week with a guy with the intent of dusting off our ice diving skills because we both have classes coming up, and we got out, and it was not ice. Oh. So well, we just need, did about an hour dive. Yes, yeah, you just need well, to. That's, that's good, too, because that's when we went out. I went out with a couple of people a couple of weeks ago with the intent is cold water and you've got cold water yeah we weren't too cold yet we were 39 40 which is still yeah it's it's enough to get you into the into the step of uh, cold water diving yeah especially when you do like he did and don't zip your dry suit all the way i i think most of the time or the, the biggest battle is keeping your hands warm getting your gear ready so your hands are not freaking cold before you get in the water yeah 
I, I think a big part. I, I think we may need to add that to our warm water tips for dry suit divers is zip the suit. Yeah, after the first time in and you don't, you usually remember that. Yeah, or at least you remember who uh, zipped it for you and didn't complete the zip. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's when you remember that you want to volunteer to zip their swarm later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, yeah, it does sound like a pretty good-sized group coming out. It would be interesting seeing that big of a group going underwater and under the ice at night at the same time. Yeah, it's always good, though. Most people, you know, everybody's going to be scattering to the four winds. When we're doing it at night, it's basically just to get wet, get under the ice, so you can say you're under the water for a year. Uh, what kind of media presence are we expecting? Do we have anybody lined up who's going to come? Uh, we had some uh, interest from a television station in South Bend, but there's competition, and one of them is they'd rather go to a surface party with alcohols <laughs> <laughs> the one that doesn't have surface alcohol. I mean, alcohol for the surface people. They'd rather have some of the enjoyment factors as opposed to freezing their butts off or something. Do like we that. do we need to have a fund for tenders the post dive alcohol? I mean, I, I'm I'm not against uh, providing well, a few shots. Saint Bernard. <laughs> well, yeah, you do need that to to warm up against and to uh, grab his keg. Or we just put the keg around somebody's neck. Just like it was a Saint Bernard. Yeah. <laughs> you know, can always can always put together a video and do a press release and send it to them. Yeah. And yeah, you know, we've not done the video part because it's hard enough getting the surface people to take good pictures because one, they're not close enough to the hole because we don't want them to be unless you're suited up. Um, I've got a video of us a couple of years back, and we're and they're taking a video of us. We're on the ice. I mean, as quick as you can blink, you've got these people standing up, and as you blink, and everybody's in the water because the ice cracked. cracked. <laughs> it's well, like instantaneous. Like, they, like where'd everybody go? You know, well, we just well, need to. We should have. We should have probably plenty of ice that we shouldn't have too much sag. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And that and having the platform makes a tremendous difference because you you entered from that end, you get out, and nobody's around the side. Do you know what would be in, line. interesting for a video would be to get two GoPros, have one mounted about four inches above the ice, and then have one about four inches below, and you could just do a, a fixed feed. You, know, don't, you don't have to have anybody keeping track of you know hitting a button, just making sure it's run, and you record for an hour, and then you edit it together later on. That could be it. Interesting shot. Well, Karen, Karen says she can bring her GoPro. I'm going to have a photographer with me, and you can bet that Brian will have his GoPro so, underwater. So, photographer, that's just how you travel now with your own media crew? Well, yeah. Are you but talking about everybody. Ryan and Marie? Yeah, but my wife's coming. She, she's a photographer, and she'll bring her camera and stuff. Nice. Oh, okay. She can even set up the tripod and stay back a little ways or whatever. Actually, she can probably sit van. With the heat running, the better picture I get, the better chances I have of getting the paper. Yeah, you're running some competition, and I usually put out the notice as I get home. I use my video because if you got video, give to me or pictures. I get them out that same night to the people I normally send them to, and South well, Bend I, I, usually covers us really good. Yeah, I, I fear we'll all be going back to Jim's house to at least warm up afterwards. 
seeing as how it's right around the corner. Right. I don't know the details yet of uh, whether or not we're going to have the, the warming trailer. If we do, it always makes a hell of a difference because it's going to be freaking cold out there this week, guys. Oh, yeah. You're going to be talking, if not zero, below zero. Yeah, and, and this is the type of weather that not only getting out, but you have to warm up to be able to unzip. And that's why having the trailer facilitates that tremendously. And you don't have to chisel through the uh, the ice chunks. Right, because that trailer is nice and toasty. It was great for the uh, turkey dive. And then after that, when's the next ice dive uh, officially scheduled? I understand we have a class in February. Well, I'm looking forward to January pool <laughs> event. Oh, yes. And I'm that's the time that. we're going to have uh, that afternoon, the ice diving class? Yes, and if uh, if we have ice, we're probably going to try to do ice dives on Sunday. Which oh, is the cool. 21st, correct? Correct. So 20th and 21st. I, I Last I checked, I'm free. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. And we're going to try to pull a nitrox class off the 19th, Aaron. Ah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I've only missed about nine of those. Yeah, it happens. But, you know. Oh, but yeah, I, know we, I know something you could bring with you because, uh, you know, the club now has um, AED. Yes. Uh, as soon as we get the pads, because uh, Karen was looking for the pads and a battery. And the club's going to pick up the cost for those because uh, she has the AED. A reminder or refresher on its use, I think it's going to be much, you know, it's going to be beneficial. Well, we'll talk off the program about the other, and we'll just, we'll just do a, a club class and just do it all at once. And Sounds we'll good to me. together for this winter. Yeah, yeah well, we just do uh, – an oxygen provider all in all in one big session and wow Not well, I think out. the program you put on last January was really good it been it had been a while since I had been to either of those we got so new mannequins this year it. so you were so Annie's been We've retired got new mannequins now yeah I think Annie's been retired Annie was retired and I think Annie was dug up <laughs> Annie was dug up for that class <laughs> made the prior in the box. Are you going to be able to make it this weekend, Darren? Uh, I I don't expect I will be. I I keep holding out hope on it, but uh, I've my daughter is going to have about forty people over at the house, so uh, I may be. So, I may yes, <laughs> yeah, well, yes. <laughs> I mean, not saying that's not a good reason, but uh, I I just I, get called in to work. I'll be back about two o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> I think your wife wants reinforcements, right? <laughs> that, that, that's, that's part of it, yes. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I, I could say that we have uh, a rescue or something, you know, make up some excuse. Can somebody you know, just... Let's just, not say that and let's not have one. Well, <laughs> let, let's just have somebody drive a snowmobile in the water or something. Okay, now that could be... Recovery? Yeah. Snowmobile recovery would be all right. Yeah. Should be a good time. Yeah. I'd like to remind everybody that we can use some support in the show as we continue and enter our ninth year of the Scuba Obsessed Netcast. Uh, costs do add up, and uh, while it's not a profit-making vet venture, we are listener-supported. So head on to our website, www.scubaobsessed.com. Click on over to the Patreon link, and any amount is certainly appreciated. We have had a, a couple of people have donate since the last episode, and thank you for 
doing that, and we can still use some assistance. This this helps. So if you're getting any value out of the show, if you learn anything new or getting entertainment or we're just killing some of that commute airtime that you need, so let's uh, go ahead and give us a little bit of funds to keep us going because uh, we'll have to make some decisions next year to see if we can make it into Season 10. So as of this year, you know, we'll commit to the next 12 months. At least I will be. I, I can't speak for, for Mac, Jim, Dave, and Kevin, but uh, you know, I, I, I plan in another at least 11 months or so. Uh, on Facebook, you can follow us, facebook.com forward slash Scoob Obsessed. On Twitter, at Scoob Obsessed. Uh, they're doing some posts on Google+. Plus. I don't know, is there anybody over there or paying any attention? I, I never quite see a whole lot of activity on that front. Uh, you got anything you want to plug, Mac? Well, not plug, but we're talking uh, safety and things like that for a moment. Uh, Dan had a real good article out this month, and they're talking about the top six signs of a serious diving injury. If you'd like to go over that, I'll certainly review those for you. Yeah, go ahead. Well, the key items there, and they're not talking about old guys or older people, even though it applies to us a lot more probably. But they're talking about diving as a strenuous, can be a strenuous physical activity, so it's not unusual for divers to experience muscle soreness and other post-dive discomfort, but sometimes those aches and pains are signs of a serious medical condition. And recognizing the early signs of decompression sickness, heat stroke, not a problem here lately, hypothermia is, or other conditions can help an injured diver get the medical attention they need. And so they say, know the signs. Number one was on their list is chest pains. Divers who experience chest pain or discomfort when swallowing after a dive may have a pulmonary barotrauma. Sharp pain in one side of the chest or feeling tightness in the chest may be signs of a pneumothorax or a collapsed lung. Other symptoms include shortness of breath, rapid heartbeat, rapid breathing, cough, fatigue, or bluish skin. So chest pain is one of the items that you don't mess around with. Um, They didn't even talk about the cardiac aspect of being old, and having a heart attack. So chest pain is one of the items you don't ignore and say, must be an adjustment. Check it out. Second time, or second item is paralysis, partial or otherwise, or just plain weakness. Paralysis is one or more parts of the body may be a sign of a type 2 uh, decompression sickness or illness. Weakness, paralysis in the extremities may also be a sign of arterial gas embolism, or what they call age. Um, arterial gas embolism, AGE. Other symptoms of AGE include bloody froth from the mouth, nose, and convulsions. Uh, Although the most common sign of a gas embolism like that is a loss of consciousness. It's very serious. Any suspicion of an AGE symptom warrants immediate evacuation to a medical care facility. You don't mess around with, well, my arm's a little numb for some reason. You want to have that like that now, not tomorrow. Uh, joint pain. Steady or throbbing pain, particularly in the larger joints like the shoulders and the elbows, can also be a sign of, um, or a typical sign of BCS type 2 is what they call it. The pain may feel like a sp- muscle sprain, but it's important to be proactive and have the symptoms evaluated by a qualified professional. And again, it's never a bad thing to call Dan if you're somewhere you're not able to get to a, a clinic or something in a hurry. Never a bad thing to start giving them a call and getting some feedback as you're being traversed or carried or taken to an emergency care facility. Uh, skin issues, 
a rash, a rashy, itchy feeling, skin marbling, maybe a sign of a type 1 DCS on the skin's been. This type of DCS has been like uh, linked to more serious neurological DCS symptoms and should be treated as seriously as other diving-related injuries. Case in point, I've had skin bends. I was coming from a chamber from a 250-foot dive by the Navy tables, had a squad of us in there. There's nine of us. I got bent. I was the oldest guy in there by 10 years. Next squad went in. Another guy got hit. Oldest guy in there got hit. He got hit a lot harder because he had to go back in and had uh, multiple hours of, of O2 treatments. When I had the skin bends, it's like little ants running up and down my neck. It was not a lot of fun. You could also hear the crackling if you tried to break them. <laughs> but it, it, it's interesting. Skin issues like that, you want to take note. Another one is not unusual, but vertigo is often confused with dizziness. But true vertigo feels like the world is spinning. If vertigo occurs during or after a dive, assume causes related to the dive and respond accordingly. Now, that can be caused by decompression sickness, impure breathing gas, or an imbalance in ear equalization, which is probably number one. But persistent vertigo may be a sign of a more serious underlying condition, and evaluation by an ENT is probably something you might want to do sooner than later. And the last one is a headache. Uh, a headache combined with hot, dry skin, amber-colored urine, problems urinating, or, or possible signs of dehydration or heat stroke. Other symptoms of heat stroke may include a pronounced change in mental status, nausea or vomiting, loss of consciousness, cessation of sweating, or body temperature exceeding 104. Not too much here in the winter, but in the summer, absolutely. Especially if you're struggling to get on a dry suit that's really tight or a wetsuit that's really tight and you're on the boat in the sun, no shade, doesn't take a long time. Um, a headache along with other nervous system issues such as muscle weakness, difficulty walking, confusion, impairment of cognitive functions, vertigo, dizziness, impaired balance. Again, maybe signs of DCS too. Uh, so they recommend going back to the uh, <clears throat> excuse me the Dan publication for this month and read up about the signs and symptoms of DCS and call EMS right away if you suspect the diver has such. Never a bad and one. One thing for for an add-on, Mac. You know, we uh, consider oxygen to be the primary treatment for any dive injuries. If you have a resolution of symptoms after being on oxygen, that doesn't mean you're good to go now. That means you do have a problem. You start feeling better because you go on O2. You still need to get checked out. Yeah, and again, for those who would not know, maybe. Dan's medical information line is 1-919-684-2948, extension 6222. Your better shot is, if you have not already, join Dan, get the insurance, get those stickers, and put them on your tank. Uh, the emergency hotline is, again, 1-919-684-9111. And delay in seeking care is a common problem in proper treatment of diving-related accidents. Don't let it be you. And now I'm finished. <laughs> All good information. Certainly appreciate that. And 
You know, it's within within doubt. If in doubt, there's that Dan hotline to go and give a call to. Yeah. They'd rather have a call and not have something serious than not get the call and you be seriously hurt. And even if you're not a member, they'll still talk to you and help you. They're Absolutely. just not going to pay for it. Yes. Dave, did you have anything you wanted to plug coming up? Just go out and get diving. You know, if you don't, you live in an area where it's, you know, the water's getting solid and you're not one that goes under the ice. You know, a lot of local shops are offering programs to go play in the pool, stuff like that, or travel. Um, you know, keep up your continuing education. If you're not learning something new about diving every once in a while, you need to because things change. Yeah, and Karen in the chat room uh, mentioned that the same applies for ER visits. They're happy when nothing serious pops, pops up, so they prefer to have you come in and have nothing wrong than to let the situation get worse. Yep. I think that about does it. Uh, this one should end up being just around an hour when it's all edited up. So are you guys ready for that time of the show? Ever ready. I don't think I'm ever ready. Okay. <laughs> well, this one uh, was uh, sent in by uh, Rod in the Southern Hemisphere, so they should be in some good dive season down there. But just like we have Christmas up here, they had Christmas down there, and uh, so he sent me this joke with a few minor tweaks on our part. In honor of the Holy... Uh, excuse me. Let, me. let me back up a second. Uh, well, of course, we'll edit that out. Uh, three men died on Christmas Eve, and were met by St. Peter at the pearly gates. In honor of this holy season, St. Peter said, you must each possess something that symbolizes Christmas to get into heaven. The snorkeler fumbled through his pockets and pulled out a lighter. He flicked it on. He says, it's a candle. You may pass the pearly gates, St. Peter said. The free diver reached in his pocket and pulled out a set of keys. He shook them and said, they're bells. St. Peter said, you may pass through the pearly gates. The scuba diver searching desperately through his pockets and finally pulled out a pair of women's panties. St. Peter looked at the man with a raised eyebrow and asked, just what do those symbolize? The scuba diver replied, these are carols. That's not too bad there, you know. <laughs> yeah, I'd say that's not that doesn't fit the uh, the bad scuba joke. That's actually one of the better ones that Rob's had. <laughs> I assume he got in. <laughs> yeah. Well, in more ways than one. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, on that note, go out there and get wet and stay safe. And no panties were harmed in the making of tonight's podcast. I'm not going to comment anymore. <laughs> Call recording has been completed. You beast. <laughs> Animals.